Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm I'm here with uh, a couple prodigal uh, CTBers, uh, Ben Worth <laughs> and one Evil Genius. haven't haven't been on the podcast in a while, so it's it's nice to have you. Yeah. Nice to be back. <laughs> yeah, indeed guys, it is. You guys been enjoying your summers? Yeah, yeah, pretty quiet. You know, I mean, I haven't heard about a whole lot of cab stuff going on, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh it's been less than than summery in Germany, but that's all right. It was a nice day today. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I know uh it was funny I went up to Alaska about 2-3 weeks ago and they told me I was there for the only nice week that they'd had all summer. So, <laughs> I I lucked out and they they've had bad luck, but uh we've had a pretty pleasant summer so far in Ohio. Uh, a good bit of rain, but uh, it hasn't gotten too hot. Today was a beautiful 86. Took my daughter to the pool, so cannot complain. And then while I was at the pool, had a had a couple uh, Twitter storms start. One was on the Curry Kyrie wedding video, and that was uh, a little crazy. And uh, why don't you take us through that? Because I didn't get a chance to watch, but you did, E.G. Yeah, it's not very long. I mean, it's just, it's literally like, I think it's about, about 15 seconds and it's, it's mostly like somebody just handheld of Steph Curry. It all takes place at, at Harrison Barnes' wedding, I guess. And it's Steph Curry dancing and doing, doing his imitation of LeBron's like workout video that he posted on, on, uh, whatever the undefeated or not the undefeated. What is the, uh, uninterrupted? And then, um, and just kind of mocking it. But then it's sort of the camera pans over a couple of times to catch Kyrie, who's also there dancing. And 
seemingly like laughing along with the with whatever's happening. Just a lot more of the you know of of the whether it's real or perceived mocking of LeBron by Kyrie or joining in. Like for it's it's it, I'm sure it's more of a story because of the whether it was true or not the the story that was out earlier in the week that says the Cavs can't can no longer get Kyrie on the phone, but yet he's managing to hang out with the team that just ousted them in the finals uh, at Harrison Barnes's wedding and having a good time there. So who knows? I mean, I mean, get what guys do in their in their time in the off season is their business, I think, and they can do whatever the hell they want to as long as they show up and honor their contracts. But, um, but for sure, on the flip side, it's one more. It's it certainly gotten a, a lot of a lot of action on Twitter today. It's gotten a lot of <laughs> of Cleveland fans up, upset and burning Kyrie jerseys and <laughs> things like that. So. <laughs> so silly. So yeah, I kind of I kind of refer to it as uh, as uh, South South Euclid Junior High. <laughs> I mean, yeah, L- Lakeside yeah. Lakeside Junior High. So it's 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 a little bit ridiculous at this point. I mean, it feels like a WB drama. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then so I don't put a lot of sock in that. I'd be a little annoyed if I was. Kyrie and uh, Steph on whoever recorded that and posted it, but you don't know who it is. Maybe they asked, and maybe it's probably like, Draymond Green. It probably is Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> Draymond Green throwing a little fuel on the fire. So, or probably. or it's, or it's KD. I mean, that'd be just like Dre, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or yeah, I'll see if I can find out who. I'll I'll, I'll do a search to see if I can find out who actually posted it. Yeah, and then the uh, the other thing that dropped today was the Amico Sam Amico piece addressing the rumor that basically the trade for Kyrie Irving was done and that it was Jackson and uh, Eric Bledsoe, Bledsoe for Kyrie from Phoenix. Um, and that could very well be the case. They can't trade him till August third because he's a rookie, just like Andrew Wiggins. Um, does that, uh, trade click your boxes there, Ben, for a Kyrie Irving trade? Um, you know, I suppose in a vacuum, no, because as far as, as Kyrie is concerned, we've gone back and forth on him for so many years, and I was very for trading him during that last year of St. Weirdo era, um, his defense regular season, all that stuff basically was was uh, proof to me that he wasn't really worth what his reputation was. But then, you know, his finals run in 16 and the fact he's always come up big in all these clutch situations, um, it's hard to to accept any kind of package when you know you're not going to get a big-time, you know, ice-cold guy in return. This is it's unlikely. Um, that being said... If Bledsoe's injury history doesn't catch up to him this upcoming season and he's part of the Cavs, the regular season will be a lot easier, uh, especially with the youth of, of Jackson and his activity. And I can I can see the Cavs trading in a 50-type win season for a 65-type win season with some, some more vigor and new blood in the clubhouse and somebody who plays as hard as Bledsoe does on the defensive end. Uh, and... So I think sometimes, you know, riding a, a one seat in a wheel 
a conference with a guy with his clutch clutch sports and somebody who has as much upside as as Jackson and then another first because that team's not going to be good for a while still. Um, I like it better than waiting until December for something like Wiggins and and Teague because I don't want anything to do with Teague. Yeah, neither do I. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess uh, I guess yeah, yeah. My, my box is clicked. Well, it doesn't sound like Wiggins is going to be. I don't think Wiggins is going to be available anyways because sounds like they're Minnesota's going to make that given the max extension. So I don't know why they would why why the Cavs would trade trade for him after that. Yeah, well, and well, I mean, they, well, once they give him that max extension, it actually makes the trade much more difficult because it's that it's what's called a poison pill provision. Um, and it, right. it requires some real goofy math, uh, to get that to work. But, um, that being said, uh, I, I would prefer Jackson over. Cavs might have to borrow Paul D. Podesta to do that, right? Yeah. So you can help them with the, help them with the math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, EG? Uh, does that seem like a decent, uh, return? I mean, I. I guess, uh, you know, what, what the, the truth is, I, I, when it all first started, I thought, well, this is just off-season, you know, guys wanting to, whatever. I expected, initially I expected Kyrie to come out and somehow refute it or say, oh, that's just, that's just rumor, that's not what really happened. But that didn't happen. And he's been conspicuously absent aside from his just apparently taking shots at LeBron in the most <laughs> immature ways over the last week or so since the news, the original news broke. Um, so my, my first hope was that they just get in a training camp and hash it out and be the typical drama filled season that, that we've come to know and, and gnash our teeth at the last couple of years. And, then it'd be fine. It would still wind up in a, you know, a finals trip and, you know, and, and, a and a, you know, a question of whether or not they had enough to, to beat the Warriors or not. And a lot of it would, would depend on how well the Warriors got through a much tougher Western conference than the Cavs, which is now even more of a cakewalk through the East. Um, but with it seeming like that's maybe not going to happen, this sort of idea that maybe they can they can mend fences or you know repair the bridge, but if Kyrie really has like torched the bridge behind him on his way out of town, then I, they're going to have to get something for him, and probably before training camp because I can't see that that going all that well with him and LeBron spending any time together on the court. So yeah, I, I would say the Bledsoe Jackson and pieces parts if they can if they can include chump and get dudley back and maybe get a get a protected pick or something like that too that'd be great but that's probably the best deal out there yeah um aside from i i still like the idea i i ran it through the trade machine and i i don't know that memphis would ever do it but i'd love to get i'd love to get conley and gasol for for uh for Kyrie and kevin but um you know i don't think that's gonna happen so um, I don't hold, put a lot of stock in the waiting for midseason Minnesota deal. Um, I wouldn't do any trade with the Knicks that doesn't include Porzingis. I wouldn't do any trade with the Celtics that doesn't include uh, at least 
at least one of the Brooklyn picks and one of the young guys, either the the guy they picked this year or Jalen Brown. Um, I just don't know why you'd want to give the Celtics an instant backcourt like that with hit with Kyrie and and Hayward. But um, well, Marcus but, Smart complements him perfectly. Yeah, Marcus yeah. Smart would be That's a it. nice player to put next to Kyrie. Yeah, and then there's a lot of buzz around the Heat potential of the uh, the Dragic and uh, and Winslow and a pick or something like that. But I just I I can't see I can't a I can't see that being realistic, or the where the Cavs would trade with the Heat or that there wouldn't be that, that given the the current circumstances of the Cavs lack of front office that they wouldn't get fleeced by Riles and crew. So <laughs> I, I, so do, I, I, think, I do well, a little part probably, of me. Probably oh, Phoenix sorry. or bust. So no, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I just to wrap it up. I think it's probably to me, it's, it's Phoenix or bust. Although there's some interesting teams out there that have good pieces like Sacramento and Denver. If they, if they got, uh, if, if things didn't work out with, with Phoenix, I think. Yeah. I, I, a little part of me wants Kyrie and Dion back together. <laughs> I just think that would be the greatest. Like I could just yeah. you think you think he was frustrated playing with LeBron. <laughs> I mean, oh, well, he had well, two, two years of being frustrated playing with with Saint Weirdo before LeBron showed up. Yeah, so. two two and a half years because they yeah. played close to a half a season before they got traded. So yep. I don't know. As a fan of uh, Dion Waiters' game, I, I mean, he's just entertaining. Whether oh, it's yeah. always effective. God, it's entertaining, and I don't want I don't want Kyrie to go there and stunt Dion's growth. Yeah, it's no, really fun to watch Dion, you know, get to the hole. Um, but in terms of Winslow, he doesn't provide enough shooting as much as the people. A lot of people talk about him as as a baby Kawhi Leonard. Um, but Winslow, who talks about yeah. him like that? No, the, no. The, idea, and the, the, the idea of the league is not that he's going to be as good as Kawhi Leonard, but that he's going to be a facsimile in his development in terms of the kind of things that he can provide and like be a better playmaker over time and, and get that kind of improved shot. Now, I think that is a, a consistent underrating of, of Kawhi Leonard and how great he is because he basically is the best regular season player in the NBA right now. But and that's the idea. Same way that Harold Miner was once considered baby Jordan, I guess. But Ah, oh, come I, on. Let's not rip on poor Harold Miner again. He's just minding his own business. <laughs> so I, I will I'm say. Saying, I, I, I want to <laughs> talk to some of these people who are saying this because I don't believe that. I don't think he's anywhere close to to even. I, I don't see it. I don't. I've watched. A, I've watched a bit of Justice Winslow. I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, even early on, there was an it factor to Kawhi Leonard a little bit, especially defensively, and I haven't seen that from from Justice Winslow. The other part of that being, it also underestimates how much work Kawhi Leonard put into making himself a player. Like, he, the amount of work he must have done to get his shot to where it is, is it's got to be staggering. I mean, because he well, there's was more Kawhi Leonard. There's more Kawhi Leonard and James Jones than there is in in Justice Winslow. <laughs> All right, now 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 getting silly. <laughs> okay, so my my I was I'll agree with you, uh, E.G. That I I do kind of in the Phoenix or bust boat, but I don't want just Jackson and um, 
Bledsoe. I think that's a little too small of a haul, especially... What else do you think you're going to get if there's no competition, well, no, though, Nate? No, I mean, well, well, huh? Aside from forcing him... No, but seriously, aside from forcing Kyrie to say, hey, too bad, dude, we have you under contract for two years, you're, you're stuck here, and that's just not going to happen because I don't think LeBron will allow it to happen... It's it's you're you're I think people are getting greedy when it comes to Kyrie. When you think about it, what all the same problems that we have with him that we've had with him over the last few years. And I love Kyrie. I love his game. But the truth is, he sucks at defense. Even when he tries, he's mediocre. Right. And he only ever tries in the in the in the playoffs or even just the finals, really. And he didn't this year. So you look at that and say he's half a player. He's Isaiah Thomas, but taller. Right? Right. I so, totally disagree with that. He, the, the length that he provides defensively and the way that he he does lock in makes him average. He makes him average. Back, Isaac Thomas is nothing. Can you go back and pull up the post written Kyrie's defense over the years? <laughs> Can I finish my sentence? <laughs> go ahead. I don't remember the sentence. Nate was talking. E.G., I wasn't aware that Nate had a sentence. <laughs> well, well, that was about three minutes ago. So I feel like Ross, oh, cool, cool. I feel like Ross Perot up here. Like, can I finish? <laughs> Anyway, that was that was a dated late '90s reference for all you millennials out there. Anyway, um, so yeah, the 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 shump for um Dudley swap is not an insignificant one, and I do feel like there there should be a draft pick thrown in there. Maybe, I mean, I I think there's some rounding out of the edges that can be done, but but all in all, if if they do that, that's a, uh, I lost you there. Ty Warren, right? Can is that so is I'm, that I'm not a big Ty Warren fan for that trade because I want guys that whose contracts aren't going to blow up next year and Ty Warren is a guy who's going to be a restricted free agent next year and if he's with the Cavs he's going to get a big offer. So then that kind of puts the Cavs in the same boat they're in now. So I don't love Ty Warren. Um I I want guys that have at least 2 years before their contracts are up. Um, and preferably, if they're young guys, three or four. Uh, so that that's my only caveat on Ty Warren. I think he's a decent player. I don't think he's great. Uh, not a great shooter, but he he can definitely fill the lane. Um, TJ Warren is TJ Warren. Yeah. yeah, that was my mistake. I was thinking about the uh, the Ty Warren's football player, but yeah, TJ yeah. Warren. Yeah. yeah. And you were. I'd talk- rather have Marquise Chris if you're going to have another guy. Yeah, so who's, that. give us another a little scouting guy. report on Marquise Chris because I don't know much about him. Do what? Well, he's long. Yeah. I mean, he's six ten. He's athletic. He's got he's he's got a pretty good first step. I mean, look, he's still he a, the, a, a young and developing player, but he, I, I think he could. Okay, but I mean, he certainly can play the he certainly can play the four and maybe the yeah. five. So yeah, they got a couple comps. He's a little skinny to play the five, but yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and so I've I've seen some other ones out there. Uh, I I pitched one today, Patrick Beverly, and um, oh, who's and parts uh, to basically get Patrick Beverly and uh, Carmelo Anthony on the Cavs, but I don't think that's kind of the move the Cavs are looking for unless they get a couple big draft picks back. So, well, they they can't. I mean, they can't. Tra- is isn't um, P. Bev same as Teague? Like, can't be traded till December fifteenth. No, or he can be traded. He can only be traded on his own because he was already traded in the last. I can't remember. It's thirty or ninety days. 
but there is okay once that restriction is up, he can be part of a a group trade, but he can also be traded on his own, and the Cavs would have the contracts to be able to make that work. So, right. So, I, I mean, there, there's definitely, but yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. Phoenix are, or with you, e.g., Phoenix or bus. Is there any other move out there, Ben, that that you like better than that move, or do you kind of just feel like no matter what, they're not going to get the return? Well, I mean, I think as far as the return is concerned. I- I don't doubt that the Cavs could be a better team without Irving and like without getting uh, an equal return just because the way that the team will function in the playoffs, like it, it can be a better team with a defensive mentality and better shooting on the wing without having, uh, you know, Kyrie's brilliant one-on-one ability. Um, I do like the one that was, it's been bounced around more just as, as, you know, fun from a variety of sources with the Milwaukee Bucks being included with Brogdon and, and Middleton. Um, whether, I mean, Zach Lowe kind of brought that up just, you know, out of the blue. And then I know some of the people on the board have been talking it up. Uh, Middleton's great. I mean, that, that he's a really good player. Um, and the adding, adding a guy like him on the wing would solve a lot of the same problems. He's, he's underrated up there. Um, the... I think the thing, too, to keep in mind and why Altman doesn't necessarily need to rush into anything is that if you look around the league, a lot of, a lot of these names are probably more accessible than, than anybody's really thinking. Like, you, you look at these big-name chips, and you're like, well, Wait, no, you can't. who did you say? Who? I haven't said anybody yet right now. I said no, 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 no. Like Before? No, no, who, who's, no who is, who's looking at it? Uh... Wait, who's Altman? Kobe Altman. The GM general manager of the Cavaliers, right? I'd say his name right, right? It's late. It's late here. That's not really that's not really true, is it? <laughs> yes, it <What's>... is. <laughs> oh, I thought that was fake I thought that was fake news. I thought that was fake news that was put out no, last week. He was named Did you not see the press press conference and everything, E. G. <laughs> Oh, that's real. No, I didn't see the press conference. Is that real? That's real. Okay, <laughs> it's real. And you know what? Actually, to uh, apparently, according to Woj and other other sources uh, around the league, people are, are uh, singing his praises actually, and that he's kept a cool head, and that that uh, they've been impressed. The rival GMs have been impressed by him. Now, what are they going to say? Head, he's... A, a, a cool head in the Derrick Rose to bet minimum deal that he oh, pulled off. Well, at least there was a minimum. I mean, I hate you know, I hate deciding like anybody who's read anything that I've written in the last couple of weeks. But in terms of uh, you know, at least he didn't he didn't give him a uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of contract. So I just <laughs> did. I mean, so I don't know. Another thing I noticed just a minute ago, looking at it, is that uh, Derek Rose is the same agent as uh, as uh, B.J. Armstrong, that? right? Uh, yeah, as Josh Jackson. Yeah, and I don't know if that means anything because all these guys have basically the same agents and they all are underneath the, the Wasserman Media Group anyway. But you know, sometimes if you're on the phone for one thing, then why not talk about the other stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, and if and if you and if you buy into Amico's, uh, if you buy into Amico's uh, breaking news, then yeah, I mean, it seems like they're just waiting for August 3rd to roll around before they can announce it. Have we seen any press conferences from the Suns about Josh Jackson lately in terms of like singing his praises or anything? 
Um, not really. Uh, and actually, one of the things I'm hoping for next week um, is to maybe get in touch with some of the Suns blogs and kind of see what their uh, their take on the whole trade thing <laughs> is and a little scouting report on Josh Jackson. But I haven't seen a ton since Summer League on Josh Jackson. It's kind of been low profile. Um, he had a really J- nice... JFJ playing his cards close to the vest. Yeah, and that's the other weird thing about that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> is that James Jones is running personnel for them. So he must... He should be running personnel for the Cavs. I don't know why they let him go. Well, so I've heard that this was the choice James Jones wanted to make. Uh, I think he wanted to get a clean break a little bit. Um, I heard that uh, the Cavs... I, I heard that this was set up fairly soon after the end of the season. Um, and that... They, the Phoenix got to him before the Cavs even, you know, thought that was a consideration. So, and, the, and that was, I, the, I can't remember who I heard that from. Probably, I think Steve Kyler a little bit, and then also, um, Sam Amico, um, uh, had, had mentioned something along those lines. So I don't know if the Cavs ever really had a shot at him. Um, I do yeah. think getting out of. Well- Dodge probably wasn't a bad move for him. But the interesting thing to me is, so he's seen all this stuff for the last three years. Does he want Kyrie? If he still does, then he thinks, well, maybe, you know, he, maybe this is a guy that can be a franchise centerpiece. Um, but the other part of it is... Well, Robert, you, put him next to, you put him next to Devin, to what's the name, to Booker, right? And that's a pretty great backcourt. Yeah, offensively, yeah. Yeah, defensively it would be funny. The uh, It doesn't matter because Kyrie Irving is a superstar. Like, he's an absolute superstar, and some of these teams just want him because he's a superstar, regardless of whether he actually plays like one in the regular season, which we all know he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he is a huge, huge name. So something like the Suns and, I mean, a lot of, a lot of teams just need somebody f- just super famous. And with the Knicks... I mean, really, if it really came down to the Irving just straight up for Porzingis, I would never pull the trigger if I'm the Knicks. But does Kyrie Irving's star power maybe move the needle there? Is that is that even work one to one with their salaries? Like, I think Phil Jackson was still there. He might. No, you you <laughs> yeah. you have to uh, the, you'd have to throw in some cap fodder to match Kyrie about right. uh, fourteen million dollars worth, but. Uh, like- Hernan Gomez and yeah. Kylo Quinn. Um, and, and maybe Lance. Um, oh, I can't remember his last name. Frank Thomas. Lance Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Lance Thomas yeah. yeah, I mean, you'd have you'd have to add a quite a bit of cap fodder, and that's part of but the I mean, reason. Sorry, go ahead. I love, everybody's got got Shumpert included into a trade back to the Knicks, and I'm like, they they don't want Shumpert. They had Shumpert. They don't. They yeah. literally would just be a, to match the money, and they'd cut him immediately. Yeah. Now the other part right. being which would be fine. <laughs> everybody involved in that Knicks team is gone now. So you're just eating. You're basically eating ten million or whatever is got left. Thirty million dollars or twenty, whatever. But that's right. That's not true. The guy, the guy who's basically been. The the Perry, what is his name? Scott Perry or something like yeah. that. He's been he's been in the office for for a long time, and he has been the only consistent voice. And he's basically had full power, and is, is the primary reason why Griffin didn't want to take over there. So yeah. there actually there's a lot more stability to that that top of the Knicks 
you know, maybe it's a negative stability, but that could also be to the to the Cavaliers' advantage if it's a negative stability. I don't know. I just I love Porzingis. I think he would be a great player. Um, and because of the New York shining lights and their their love of point guards, of you know, flashy things, why not? Um, oh yeah, he could be the next Steve Francis, the next Stefan Marbury. So yeah, I mean, the Knicks would be totally idiotic to do that. I'm just saying. Hey, people have made idiotic basketball moves for publicity reasons. So, well, they w- it wouldn't be it wouldn't be idiotic if they also were able to offload Carmelo to the Cavs and and divest themselves of that contract because they don't want Melo anymore. They were starting over with Kyrie, and if they could somehow put a third team in there to to get the Knicks a draft pick or two, then then I could see them. I could see a, a version where they could pull that off, but but then they're basically starting over building a team around Kyrie, which it sounds as well like what he wants. Like the weird thing to me is that he, these, you know, the, the teams he says he wants to go to are, are an odd mix of playoff and non-playoff teams. So it's, you know, and, and coaches that I think would hate him, like would hate coaching him. Like I think Popovich would hate coaching Kyrie. I think, I think uh, Thibs would hate coaching Kyrie. Like I just don't, I just don't see these guys being that all that happy with the result they would get from the player they were getting and the guys they would have to get up to give up to get him. And that's interesting because the other side of that is, you know, they're talking about maxing Wiggins and Wiggins was theoretically, uh, well, not theoretically, analytically, possibly the worst defender in the NBA last year. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, you know, I, I'm sure Popovich would learn to swallow his pride a little bit. Um, but, I mean, they don't have the pieces to get that move done. But winning winning is the greatest deodorant, as John Madden said. I mean, I think any of those guys... Right, could... but, 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 my, but my point is, you're still... If Kyrie's just looking to get away from LeBron, that's mm-hmm. one thing. If Kyrie... The other side of it that he's talking about, which, if you can believe it, who knows, because he hasn't actually said any of this stuff himself, is that he wants to play... He wants to have a team that's, that's built around him, where he's the focal point. If you go to San Antonio, you're not the focal point, dude. You, you are still a tandem with, you know, with, um, Kawhi. Uh, with Kawhi. Kawhi's a better player. And not to mention, you still have LaMarcus and a few other guys. If you go to Minnesota... You got Jimmy Butler and Cat and maybe Wiggins. Well, probably not Wiggins because he'd be part of the trade. But you're looking at these guys saying like, well, you're not the focus there either. Like you're not going to be the focus on either of those teams. The Knicks, he would be if they gave up Porzingis for him. Or even Porzingis is young enough where you could sort of make that that argument. They're like, oh, maybe that, maybe that works. But of all the places he's talking about, like the Heat is probably the only place – I could see where he he would be the focal point that they would build around because I I don't see the, him and waiters working out. I think they'd find a way to move waiters after they made that deal if they did. So you know that's really the, of all the places he's he's listed as 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 places he'd like to go. I mean, who cares? Because he's not he hasn't he doesn't have a no trade, and the Cavs control his rights for and trade him where the hell where the hell they want to for the next two years. Um, but seriously, I mean, if that's part of the equation, I don't get it. I don't get well, None of those people talk, Eugene. They don't talk. So, like, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk. Can you, can you even imagine what Kawhi Leonard's voice sounds like? 
And so, I mean, he doesn't necessarily, I mean, I think the primary reason would just be to get rid of the whole, the hoopla surrounding LeBron James and being a slave to LeBron's aura all the time. Because it's just all the time. You, you can't, well, just, you can't be then, a part of his thing. Say, but then just say that. Don't say you want to yeah, be yeah, the other well, the focal point, he'd still be the focal point and still be the most famous person and the famous player on either the Timberwolves or the Spurs immediately. He's not the best player, of course not, but he would be the the most important, highest jersey seller, all of that immediately. And, you know, going to the Spurs, he basically slides right into that in-between player type of Ginobili and Parker. And I think that he actually would be coached, and I think that Popovich would happily coach him. And as a basketball fan, I think it would be fun to watch him because I think he would be absolutely fantastic, and he'd realize his potential completely that he wouldn't otherwise realize in a different situation. I think Tibbs would be interesting. Uh, he, he definitely wouldn't enjoy that as much, but if you believe all of this like best friend issue with Jimmy Butler, maybe they have some inside information. And, you know, Tibbs was also part of the Team USA for a while, and, and he's he's had some, some face time with Kyrie over the years, so maybe they have a better relationship than we know. No, those, those are both good points. Um, I'd say Tibbs, the problem with Kyrie is Tibbs would probably run him into the ground. Um, because he has a tendency Just like to do, do with Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler, and yeah, so it it should be interesting. Um, yeah, it's I mean, of... look, I I wish I had a time machine. I mean, who doesn't? But I wish I had a time machine, <laughs> and and we could go back and Kyrie could make this announcement before free agency started, and then I'm sure the Cavs could have worked a deal with the Clippers to find a way to move Kyrie to L.A. Where he, I'm sure he'd be happy and could play, could be the man, and and have Blake Griffin and and DeAndre to to throw the ball to or that throw him the ball out of the post, and then uh, and the Cavs could have CP3, and I think with CP3 that gets him to that next level that um, you know where they could they could beat the Warriors. So a little bit, I've I've heard that argument a couple times, and there there's a couple caveats with that. One. That deal required uh, Chris Paul to opt into his contract for next year. And so it was totally at Chris Paul's discretion. So Chris Paul would have to have wanted to come to the Cavs more than he wanted to go to the Rockets. So that there's that part of it. Um, banana boat. I, I, I'm not arguing the banana boat. The banana boat is uh, that it's hard to argue with the banana boat. That's a, that's an iconic picture. But uh, but I I have heard that he really wanted to go to Houston to play with James Harden, which I don't understand at all. I don't think there's going to be enough ball yeah, to go makes around no there. Sense. But um, I I, I think it'll be great. I think I think it'll be better. I think like I said, they only have to be on the court for 24 minutes a night together. You know, 12 minutes a night. Um, Paul's going to be playing 12 minutes a night. Um, Harden's going to be playing. They only have to play the, together half the game. And there's never going to be a drop-off with their point guard when they go to the bench. I mean, it's just going to be two of the best shot creators in the league on the same team. It, it's going to be really it's, tough to counter. It would be insane. When Lou Williams joined that team, Lou Williams was one of was ab- absolutely destroyed the league after he joined the team. He was already having a good season before he had the trade. And then he got to the Rockets in that system, and he was absolutely incredible. Chris Paul does the same thing. Until he, he got to the playoffs. 
but yes. No, he had a good defense. He had a good playoff series this year, actually. He was one of those first years that he actually wrecked some of his playoff blues because historically he has been a horrific playoff player. But the the issue with with Chris Paul giving giving Paul the ball more, if, as long as he doesn't totally, uh, you know, kill everybody's psyche with, you know, being such a pain in the ass as he usually is with, with James Harden, they'll actually start playing defense again. And James Harden can play defense. It's just a question of whether he's so tired from having an insane usage rate. Um, and you split that up and you put over a course of a season. I mean, I think that team is going to mow through the regular season again. And once they get to the postseason, they'll have more opportunity to, uh, actually play weak side ball, like, you know, swinging to people who can really create from the weak side and still not drop off defensively. Well, last year they, they couldn't really have sw- uh, weak side attacking on offense with Beverly because he's not a good enough shot creator with it. Uh, and By the way, just, just, to, just, to, just to clarify, he was, he was good against OKC. He was abjectly horrible against the Spurs. He shot, one, he shot 176 from three. 35% from the floor overall average seven, seven point three points. He was, he, he averaged minus 23. Well, in the time he was on the floor, but go ahead. That was a really big uptick though for him compared to previous playoffs. <laughs> no, he was great. By the way, he was great against OKC, but yeah. OKC with Russ, yeah. West, Russ Westbrook and nobody else. So, well, I just see that the way that, you beat the Warriors is or the way that you could have beat the Warriors last year was to beat them when Steph Curry and or KD is on the bench and the Cavs didn't have the bench to be able to get that done um, or at least hold them to a draw and now the Rockets have possibly the best bench lineups in the league because Harden or Chris Paul is going to be on the floor at all times and we know how good those guys are when they're on the floor. It doesn't matter who's with them. It seems they always, their teams are always outscoring the other teams. So that's going to be huge. I, I actually think if things broke right for them, they could beat the Warriors. Except the problem being the Warriors got better this offseason. Um, they, they yeah. plugged some holes this offseason. And, and that's going to be really, really tough to beat. I I feel like this Warriors team is uh, even better than last year's Warriors team, and and last year's Warriors team was really good. So, yeah. I'm, well, the West is a lot better, and that's that's they're going to yeah. have to be. Yeah. So, so literally, the everybody there's only like four, like four All Stars in the East now. Everybody <laughs> else is in the West. Yeah. And, and if Kyrie goes, to, by the way, if Kyrie goes to Phoenix, it'll be, it'll be even more. Like Eric Bledsoe is legit. All star, all star starter in the East. It becomes in the over. East, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Dion, Maybe not starter because of John Wall and and Lowry, but and but still, like yeah. he's probably he probably makes the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Definitely. and then you, I mean, Dion Waiters could have a shot at an All Star. I, I would love that so much. <laughs> I'll believe when I see it. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it too. So yeah. we touched on Derrick Rose a little bit. Um, I, and I know you've talked a lot about Derrick Rose, Ben. Um, EG, do you have any special insight into what this team's going to be like for Derrick Rose? Is, uh, is he going to be a bench player? Or as starter? long as Derrick Rose. What? Is he going to be a bench player? Or depends on what happens with, it, depends on, it depends on what happens with Kyrie, with Kyrie, who they get for him. 
if they get Eric Bledsoe, then he'll be a bench player. If they don't, if they just get, you know, young players and some mishmash of guys, then he very well might be. I don't think they should. I think Derrick Rose is, is if you're going to get anything out of him, it's sort of like, you know, fragile handle with care. I posted a picture that somebody had, I didn't, I can't claim credit for it, but somebody geniusly pasted Derrick Rose's face onto Sam Jackson's character, Mr. Glass from Unbreakable. <laughs> and I said, this is the only, this is the only thing that concerns me. I know lots of guys have concerns about, I know you, you guys amongst them have concerns about his, his character and his moral turpitude and his ability to, to hit anything outside of the mid mid range jumper. And, you know, most of his game is driving, driving to the hoop and creating offense that way. So look, I think he, he, if, if all, all things being equal, if the same Cavs team was coming back from last year and Derek Rose was your option off the bench instead of, instead of Darren Williams, that's an upgrade if he can stay healthy, but that's probably not going to happen because they're probably going to trade Kyrie. In which case, if it's Bledsoe starting and Rose coming off the bench, then I'm still good with that. Like, I still think Derek Rose as a, as a point guard coming off the bench could be really good. I think he's on a one year vet minimum deal. He knows he's 27. If he can stay healthy, if the, if he can get to the finals with this team, then Look, I think you're going to see the best version of Derrick Rose if he can stay healthy that you've seen probably since early days in Chicago, just because he has to be. Because if he's not, then he's probably done. He's probably going to China or, or you know, like be, literally just becoming the, the, the journeyman for the rest of his career. So he, he's, hitting, he's hitting the uh, Ice Cube League if he's done. Yeah. Do you remember cheering? Do you guys remember cheering for Ramon Sessions? <laughs> I do remember cheering. I, I remember Sessions. Ramon Sessions being on the team. I remember cheering for the team when Ramon Sessions was on the team. I mean, I remember specifically saying, hey, I love Ramon Sessions. Go Razor. <laughs> no, I mean, sure. Ramon Sessions was absolutely infuriating to watch because he couldn't shoot. He drove with the idea that he was the greatest finisher of all time, couldn't play any team defense, and was a pretty mediocre one-on-one defender as well. And if you took away the name and the reputation between those two players, Sessions actually is a better player than Rose, and he's awful. (laughs) I mean, Rose is just not good. He gets to the hole. He takes a lot of he shots. Finishes, his, finishes way better than Ramon Sessions ever did. Mm. Well, this sounds like a research project while you two are hash while you two are hashing this out. I mean, all I know is that Ramon Sessions, at least in his, to his credit, knows to a degree what his role is and what it, what he what he is as a player. Yeah, because he's, he's, so been a, he's always been a backup. Look, Derrick Rose, I mean, I, I get your hatred for Derrick Rose, but at the same time, the guy did win an MVP award. Like, he had to have done something really, really well to win the MVP. Like, there there have been some cheap MVPs in the NBA over the years, but even, would, even at that, you still have to do something. You still have to be, at some level, really good at a few things, and he was really good at a few things. I agree. I Look, I, I won't... I, I'm not saying he's a great. He'd be a great as a starter. I think he's lost a step. I think he can't prove he can stay healthy ever. 
And I don't disagree. Like he, he tends to fall in love with, you know, he thinks he can score every time he's got the ball. And that's just not the case anymore. If he can adjust and realize who he is at this point. And look, again, we, we all go out of our way to say like, well, put that guy on LeBron's team and he's, he's X, X times better. Well, put Derek Rose. Only shooters. That's, that's the issue. Think, I don't think it is. I don't think that's true. It's not. It's not only shooters. I think there's there's plenty of guys that benefit from playing with LeBron, and they're better for it. I think Derrick Rose playing with LeBron will be better for it. You'll see a better version of Derrick Rose. Will you see Derrick Rose circa 2011? No, but you'll see something better than Derrick Rose circa the last three years. I don't know. His, his one-on-one, his, I mean, seriously, he, he can't stay in front of anybody, so he's usually forced to guard someone's two-guard. Could, could Darren Williams? Could Ka- uh, no, can Kyrie? No, but Darren Williams could shoot. This is the issue. If you can play with LeBron, well, like, yeah, you, Darren Williams could shoot in the playoffs when it matters. He's gravity. And he shot until the, until the finals. He, he, was, he had a, a really quite a good playoffs. I disagree completely. I disagree. That's completely. fine. But the, the, the amount of gravity that that real that traditionally decent shooters provide for a team that has LeBron and his actual size and you know he wasn't he's not a great one on one defender either. But when Darren Williams is locked in, at least he's not a complete moron when it comes yeah, to team let defense. Ask, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Ben. Is <laughs> it, who's a better who's a better passer, Derrick Rose who's or Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving. Really? You think so? Should we look up the assists? I don't care about the assists. What are the assists? The assist number is a, is a, is a pretty... I'm saying, I'm saying I think I think Derek Rose at this stage of his career... I, I'm saying... Because the, the, Kyrie's exactly the same. Kyrie would much rather take his own shot than give up the ball. I mean, this is what everybody... This is what everyone harped on him for, was this idea that he would never pass the ball. And when he did pass the ball, he was... The Cavs would play so much better. I'm saying if Derrick Rose can pass the ball in this offense, we still they still have all the shooters. The only shooter they're going to lose is Kyrie if they trade him for Bledsoe and and Jackson or whoever. So you still have Kevin Love, you still have LeBron, you still have Channing Frye, you still have Kyle Korver, you still have all these guys that Derrick Rose can pass the ball to who can knock down shots. If Derrick Rose can can be that guy where he drives and kicks and plays the pick and roll because he plays the pick and roll really well too. Oh, he does. Okay, sorry, Adrian. We're, we are we are fighting today. This is good, good podcast material. So the thing that that I struggle with the Derek with Derek Rose is, you know, he's still averaging you know fifteen field goal attempts in in his thirty two minutes. He had fewer than five or what do you have four point four assists per game last year as a full time starter. Four point four assists. And he puts his head down and closes his eyes and shoots sometimes and nice that's what, what else were the Knicks do, because what else were the Knicks doing? Maybe perhaps going with one of the greatest young big men in the history of the last decade and be focusing on him and, and running an offense and trying to like actually use Melo. The fact that that guy averaged 15 shots a game with Melo and Porzingis on his team and fewer than five assists, he has blinders. He keeps his eyes closed and hopes for the best. And on defense, he was a train wreck. And even in his best years of the Thibodeau, he was the absolute like reason why they weren't even better. The guy, you know, if he, he can decide that he is, you know, it completely comes you know, kumbaya, kumbaya moment, all of the things, maybe, but even then, he's not a good shooter, not, 
not a good defender. So I just don't see it. So so a little bit. I think he's. I think he's a better. I think he's. A, I think he's a better. He'll be a better passer, and I think in a LeBron team, a more a more willing passer, and I think he'll be a. I I just think he'll be a better. Um, he'll be a. He'll he he'll, he'll he won't be any worse defensively than what the Cavs had at point guard last year. Fair. So <laughs> Fair. so just just to um validate. Uh, Ben's point a little bit. So career averages for Ramon Sessions and uh, Derek <laughs> Rose. Ramon Sessions uh, per 36 minutes, uh, 16 points a game, uh, 6.2 assists, one steal. And so let's go through Derek Rose. 20 points a game, 6.2 assists, and one steal. <laughs> it's basically... Uh, Ben's point is a little bit salient in that it just seems like Derrick Rose is Ramon Session who shoots a little more. Their field goal percentages are also ridiculously close together. Uh, Ramon Session's 44% uh, career, Derrick Rose 45%, and they're both right around 30% three-point shooters. Uh, Derrick Rose 30%, Ramon Session 31%. And then if you look at rebounding, uh, three point eight to four point one. I, I gotta hand it to Ben on this one a little bit. Just from a raw numbers standpoint, Vermont Sessions' career is really similar <laughs> to Derrick Rose. Uh, it just seems like Derrick Rose shoots a few more shots a game, uh, which makes sense given his higher usage rate. So, I, I was a little surprised. Even free throw wise, they're both around eighty percent free throw shooters. They're really similar players in who, terms of their numbers. Who just signed Ramon Sessions? Who just signed Ramon Sessions? It was the. Um, oh God, I just. I just saw it. I couldn't remember. It was just a, today, wasn't it? Was it? Might have been the Knicks even. No. <laughs> that would be <laughs> funny. I think it was the Knicks. I think it was the Knicks. <laughs> um. So I mean the one difference being yep. that yeah, it was the mix. <laughs> <laughs> How much so, they sign him for? I'm sure they probably the, the minimum would be like Oh yeah, I'm sure it was veteran minimum. Now the one difference being Ramon Sessions now seriously fell off in his last yep. season. His last season in Charlotte was not good. Um he only shot thirty eight percent, but he is thirty um, getting towards, see, I can't believe he was only 30 years old last year. Cause he seems like he was in the league for 12 years. <laughs> it seemed like, yeah. I mean, he seemed like he was in the league forever. And yeah, he's only 30 years old, yet he seems ancient. PER dropped way off. Yeah, he dropped way off. But until last year, very similar numbers career wise to, to Derrick Rose. Um, uh, it, so I, you I can have, get, have at it. You can have Ramon Sessions if you want. <laughs> I don't. I'm not particularly care for him. I'd much rather have Derrick Rose. Well, especially Derrick Rose. Now I'm just. I I don't like Derrick Rose the person. I admit begrudgingly. I get it. I get well, it. No, no, no. And I admit. I don't but, like. I, I don't like my. I don't like my plumber the person, but he does a really good job. No, and I I admit begrudgingly. I thought great. Ben had a great point last week. Um. In that, if you want to like the person that every single sports team that you like has on their team, you're going to be sorely disappointed. So I'm I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. But I I don't really think Derrick Rose as a starter is going to be great. I think as a bench player, 
there's some potential there, but he's on a minimum contract. If he's stinking, if he's a cancer, you bury him or cut him. So uh, I, sure. I'm not. It doesn't cost you much. Yeah, I also think part of Derrick Rose's problem might be playing 30 minutes a game. I don't think he should be playing 30 minutes a game. I think he should be playing 20 at the most uh, and maybe like 16 or 18 on the Cavs. So hope, hopefully yeah. uh, a lower use or a lower uh, minutes count uh, can keep him healthy. I don't know. But it, it, interesting debate. Um, so what other topics did we have that you and uh, Ben can consider? <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things so I we want to talk about the Cavs front office. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit. So we had a question: What role did the Cavs ownership and front office, or lack thereof, have to do with the current mess? And I don't think anybody can look at the Cavs as they are right now and think, okay, this isn't a bit of a mess. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let EG go first because I know he's chomping at the bit bit. <laughs> So here's here's the thing. I actually don't think it had any any of this had anything to do with the Kyrie situation. From by all intents and purposes, the Kyrie situation started a while ago. Uh, it started when he signed the signed his his max deal and felt like he was going to be the guy going forward. And then literally, like like a, like a week later, it was LeBron's team again. I think that's when it started, and I think they went through difficult times. I think there was still some difficult things that, and some probably some ill will that his because I think his dad Dredrick has a has a, a a lot. He's he's a, a more quiet uh, Levar Ball in terms of of dads that that get involved in, and and try to live vicariously through their sons' careers, and he was really unhappy when Kyrie went down in the 2015 finals with the knee injury didn't like how it was handled all, all season long or how you know the member of the there, there were other calves including lebron who were sort of saying like dude why you got to go get an mri after every game or after every time you think you, you've you've twinged it or whatever um so i think that's it's been a problem for a while there were reports saying that that he was thinking about leaving um after they won the title to say, or and or like at least intimating that that idea, like, hey, I want to, we want a title, great. I want, I want to move on. You know, let's let's figure something out here. Um, if you believe the the if you believe the stories that are out there, Griffin was a big proponent and a a, a guy that could talk Kyrie down on on these things, and was and Griffin was a really good politician. I think Corey, maybe Corey had said that. Um, and did a really good job of being a PR guy and, and handling the outward look of what was happening. I, I loved his email that he sent to everybody. That was a great, you know, sort of above and beyond GM kind of a thing to do. But You're if, he was, his, if he was actually – His email in the 2016 finals, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Before – when they were down 3-1. And then um, – but – Realistically, if he if that's what he if he was asking for somewhere in the seven to ten million range to be a GM in this league, I, he he knew better than that. He was you know he was looking to see how far he could push it, and that's Dan Gilbert's not a guy you do that with. 
because he's just because because Dan Gilbert doesn't care. He'll walk away, and he did. And unfortunately for Dan and for the organization, they didn't really have a backup plan. He had this sort of dalliance with with Chauncey, and if he really wanted Chauncey, he probably should have offered him more than what the low ball offer was that he that he put out there. I don't believe a bit of what Chauncey says about oh he knew that Kyrie you know, was, was having issues because, because trust me, if Chauncey, if Chauncey Billups had, had gotten the money he wanted, he, he desperately wants to be a GM. He's said it to many people. So it's, it's a, it's a mess of that in itself is a mess of Dan's own making. I don't know, Kobe Altman from all, you know, from a hole in the ground, uh, I'm sure they're saying nice things about him because what else is there to say? He's got no track record to this point other than, you know, how he's been involved in, in things up to this point. Um, but it's clear to me that Dan Gilbert is pulling the strings. Dan Gilbert is going to do what he can to, to try to keep the team to a degree together. Uh, hopefully he's still got LeBron in his corner. Weirdly, the, so much of the Kyrie vitriol seems to be aimed at LeBron, whether it, it actually is or not, but outwardly it is. So if that's the case, then it may just give LeBron a chip on his shoulder to say, okay, well, I'm going to double down on, on winning some more championships here in Cleveland. And he probably can, if he, if they can get enough value for Kyrie and the truth is it might be the best thing that happened to them because, um, Kevin Love is a better defensive player, has become a better defensive player than than Kyrie. I don't know if he's ultimately playable against the against the Warriors. I I think he's more playable than people give him credit for. But um, but the truth is, Kyrie hit the biggest shot in Cavs history when he you know with that final shot in the 2016 finals and that's what everyone's going to point at remember and think about what they won't think about is how little he actually cares about about defense how he's got for the most part how he's got a a 3 and 13 record when he's not on the court with LeBron whereas when when it's just LeBron and Kevin Love over the last 2 years there there's something like I think something like 24 and seven. So, um, you know, I think if you get someone like a Bledsoe, I wish I could have gotten a CP three, but you know, if you can get somebody who can actually play a bit of defense and actually give a shit during the regular season, sorry for swearing. (laughs) Um, you're not going to have the shot making ability that Kyrie has that's singular and that's what he brings to the table. But I think that's, it's it's you've still got other guys on the team who can make shots and can make big shots in pressure pack shots. So I know I got off the, the rails here a little bit, but I don't think the uncertainty in the front office had anything to do with the current predicament. I do think that um, they're going to need to try to regain some of that stability with, with Dan and Kobe and, and to try to get LeBron back, back, saying the right things for the organization as the year progresses. Um, and I think what they decide to do with Kyrie will be the first really big step in that. Yeah. So I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Um, and I think one of the big things that is not being talked about enough was the fact that it took 
uh, almost three weeks for the Cavs and Kyrie to sit down uh, because the Cavs did not do uh, postseason interviews. And to me, the lack of communication um, between your biggest players and your front office and your ownership is a huge issue that goes directly back to uh, poor management of the Cavs. And I don't know how much of that was on Dan Gilbert. I don't know how much of that was because, you know, David Griffin's status was unknown, whether they just didn't want to meet with those guys. But you need to have that meeting when the season's over and before the draft happens so that you can sit down. A, you sit down and you hash out your issues before it happens, and maybe it doesn't fester for three weeks, and maybe it never comes up. The second, because I know, Lord knows when I have something going on my mind, if I don't get it off my chest, I'm a ridiculous person to be around. Um, the other part of that is if you waited that long, then all of a sudden, all these things that have happened, you have to completely readjust to what your plans are. And they could have had a shot at, at CP3. Or they could have had a chance to do some of these other things. Now, that being said, from everything I've heard, um, one of the things that really irritated Kyrie was that his name was involved in some of the trade discussions. I don't know if that's that's true or not. I've heard about eight million different trades and why they didn't happen. Uh, you know, I heard today that the Cavs didn't pull off the Paul George trade because they didn't want to have to uh, send an unguaranteed future draft pick to Indiana, which to me makes almost zero sense. But I mean, whatever. My personal opinion on well, that. It doesn't make zero sense if LeBron walks next summer. Well, yeah. Then you're in a Brooklyn. But they still have Kyrie and Kevin Love. They're not going to be worse than. Well, not if they trade for for George, then they're going to get rid of one of those guys. Well, okay, yeah, I see what I see what you're saying, but I think if that's the issue that you have, you have bigger problems. (laughs) Is my point? But well, they may they may have bigger problems. Who who knows? Right. But my point being that the Cavs. So they should have taken care of what was in their own house first and then dealt with, okay, how are we going to improve this? Um, I, I thought a lot of the way they went around about their trade talk and all that stuff was kind of really haphazard. Um, I'm very glad the Derek or the uh, Paul George trade didn't go down. I, I didn't think that was the answer. And I thought it was a poor long-term move. You need guys that are there for just more than one year. So I, I just, think that they did not make smart decisions. And I've said, you know, for me, between Green, Calderon, and Derrick Rose, that's three strikes for me. I hate all those guys, and I hate Calderon the least because at least I don't have any doubts about him in the locker room, and I don't have any doubts about him as a guy that's at least going to run the offense that needs to be run. I just think he's older than dirt. So I, I just haven't seen one move this offseason so far that's impressed me. So when I do, maybe I'll start having a little more confidence in the front off, but office. But I just think this much this mess is just as much their fault as anyone's. So, And now it's your turn for a hot take, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think logically the only thing that makes sense to me that is uh, about the, the Kyrie trade and as it pertains to Griffin's departure – because uh, there were all those rumors about whether it was Gilbert or Griffin who was willing to trade Irving, 
And logically, to me, it seems to make sense that if Griffin was going to die on that hill saying that I'm not going to be the guy who's going to trade Kyrie Irving and Gilbert was for it for George, then that could make sense to me as a, uh, it was a reason for the departure or to not come to, to terms on a new contract. And then knowing that Gilbert was pushing for the trade over Griffin can make sense for, for Irving's camp to, to further decide that, Hey, this is time to not be underneath LeBron's thumb because even Gilbert doesn't have our back in the way that he always said he did before uh, LeBron returned. Um, now, do I know any of that stuff? No, but it, it seems to make sense in terms of of the discussion, uh, the George or the or uh, for Love or for Irving. Um, I think ultimately Kyrie just has had enough of being a teammate of LeBron James, which I can just totally understand. Like it's tiring to be to follow a team that he plays on. It's tiring to be just affiliated with like with him it doesn't matter that he's proven himself uh, you know countless times to be a really great pillar in the community and he astounds me that he's been famous as long as he has and has been just a, by all accounts a good dude um but you know he, he's the most most popular athlete i guess you could i'm probably in the nba at least since jordan right i mean i don't know not yeah, by sure numbers an argument for kobe but yeah. Yeah, and like Kobe or Yao or somebody if you're gonna talk about China, but like whatever. Like the 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 constant media attention. I mean he's the most popular probably ever because social media didn't exist in the in the way that it does now before. And the constant contractual question and the way that he's held teammates and his organization hostage in a way, just constantly, I can just I can totally imagine that being uh, you know, that getting very old very quickly. Um, and so for, for Kyrie, you know, if he wants to go someplace else, it's whatever. I think in terms of whether it was because of the, the front office, you know, I think Kyrie probably would have had this no matter what. And I don't know how much Griffin could smooth over that feeling. If the feeling stays for just, it's a continuous feeling. Um, but I don't think Gilbert has done himself any favors with any of the moves that he's done this off season, except for maybe sticking with Altman, who I think has not made any good moves. I mean, I agree with you, Nate, like those are three strikes, but they're not uh game ending. Like he didn't strike out to end the game, I think. And he hasn't signed any ridiculous contracts. Not that he's been able to with the, the salary cap restrictions to a certain degree, but uh he hasn't, totally messed up yet which is unfortunate that that's my my standard for him just i'm happy that he hasn't totally messed up uh but well, gilbert he's only had the job for like he's only had the job for like three days so give it time well he's had the job since griffin left basically but like the the well, no gilbert had the job since griffin left so gilbert was not making any of those i mean come on gilbert. stop it you're kidding yourself dude seriously <laughs> Well, how so is it Gilbert or is it LeBron making the moves? Because that's always been the is Gilbert running the team, LeBron running the team or Kobe Altman running the team? Well, or? Gilbert, Gilbert was running the Gilbert was running the team. And now LeBron's sort of chimed in now that Kyrie pissed him off by yeah. saying, I don't want to play with LeBron anymore. And now LeBron's like, hold my hold my beer and <laughs> I'm going to 
I'm going to go recruit a bunch of dudes in Vegas to come and play here. And hey, Dan, here's the here's the Phoenix deal that you should make that I've talked to my buddy James Jones about that I've talked my buddy Eric Bledsoe, who I also happen to represent into. And I've also talked to, you know, to BJ Armstrong, who represents Josh Jackson, <laughs> who also represents Derek Rose. And we've all decided this is how it's going to go down. So you and Kobe just make the paperwork look good. And this is how it'll go. Like it, it, hey, now, more than ever, now more than ever, LeBron, because a lot of times I know, Nate, you said this a lot last year. Oh, LeBron's really the really the general manager. And I actually felt like Griffin did a really good job of owning a lot of those trades, of making difficult decisions and standing by them. And sure, maybe LeBron had some had some some input. But for the most part, it felt like especially with the Blatt stuff. With the and with the, I thought with the Corver deal, I think these were all things that were that were Griffin moves. They were they were purely Griffin ideas and Griffin moves. Now more than ever, this will be G, we will see GM LeBron. We're, we're going to have to because, I mean, Kobe Altman might be a really smart guy. I just don't think LeBron's not going to go out that way. Like if he's only got one more year here, he's going to go out on his own terms. He's going to say, all right, well, I'm going to go out and recruit the guys that I want. If there's a deal to be made for Carmelo that makes sense, he'll make the he'll help them figure that out and make that deal. I I don't have any illusions that that this is all about LeBron until it isn't. Until he decides, okay, well, I can't win here anymore, so now I'm gonna go somewhere else. Although I can't imagine he's gonna go west, despite the media clamoring for for the Lakers or what have you. So I really don't know where he where he goes. I think if anything, he just try, stays here and maxes out and cashes in on the on the $250 million contract that he worked so hard for as a VP of player operations or whatever the heck, heck his title is, and continues to try to build a team around him in the week east until the NBA passes the the regulation saying that we're going to get rid of the conferences and, and then it's a free-for-all. Yeah, well, first of all, I don't think that's... That's the happened. only explanation I can... That's well. It's the only explanation I can find for why yeah. all these stars have decided to go west with the with the with the team that seems almost unbeatable. Like literally, the the Cavs could have just LeBron and a D League team, and they'd still make the finals. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's true, but I think you. If you put who, LeBron on, I would who'd say if you put LeBron on any other team in the East, they, they I think you're just overestimating how they bad the D League is. No, they could easily swept <laughs> the East. Back. No, I think if you, if you put LeBron on any team in the East right now, they would be in the finals. I would agree with you there. I'm just saying the D League's pretty bad. And, e.g., it's the G League now. <laughs> Look, the Heat almost made the, almost made the playoffs with a, with a, a G League team last year. You don't think LeBron, I mean, I, LeBron could lead any, any team in the East right now to the finals. No, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not Except arguing. Forever. For in perpetuity until he decides <laughs> to hang it up and retire. Okay. This is why well, every time someone says, "Oh, LeBron's leaving and going to the Lakers," I I laugh at them because I'm like, "Why in God's name would he?" I, I sure I don't if know. he doesn't want to go to the finals anymore. Sure. I mean, as far as, far as him leaving, it really doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't know how anybody could read the letter again and think for a moment that he left himself any room to leave ever. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah, he could change his mind, but it just would make him look like a crazy person. And I, I can understand making 
the the excuse oh well the the Gilbert and everybody that the team is in disarray. It's like yeah, but you knew that going back to Gilbert. It's not like you didn't know Gilbert going back to the to the uh, to the team the first time. So I mean, he couldn't even use that excuse. It would just well, make yeah, him look like as, a lunatic. And, and as long his, as Gilbert continues to spend, and Gilbert has continued to spend, like at, at everybody got all like rate. oh. You don't want to. Yeah. Oh, he's not gonna. He's not gonna spend to keep David Griffin. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Doubt he's not gonna spend ten million dollars on a GM who isn't. You know, like, wh- wh- why would he do that? Like, it's not. It's not in his DNA. He'd rather spend the money. He'll, but he'll spend money. He'll go far over the cap to sign. You know, sign these other players, and he'll do the same. I mean, how much is Derek Rose is gonna cost him? Like fifteen million dollars, even though he's only making like two. Like, this is what. He's he's continued to spend. He hasn't stopped spending. As long as Dan Gilbert continues to spend, I don't think LeBron cares who the GM is. I don't think he cares who any of these guys are. LeBron just wants to get paid. He wants to have a team that he can take to the finals every year, and those two things are going to happen. Yeah, and I, don't I don't understand why any other any other thing that's that would even be close to being on the table would make any sense. And after this Kyrie Irving thing, do you think he wants – any part of LeVar Ball being anywhere around his team? No. <laughs> I don't no. think he did before when he when he was talking about when LeVar no, no, Ball. No, 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 absolutely. Said, hey, these kids are yeah. better than LeBron's kids. Yeah, no, I mean, LeVar Ball just seems like one of the most insufferable people on the planet. I mean, did you hear the whole story about him getting the female ref oh, replaced yeah. from the game? Well, and... Adidas, Adidas mm. pulled their, their sponsorship of the AAU League Yeah, because of him. Well, and the um, the uh, refs association said they they ended their relationship with Adidas over the tournament. So, and yeah, oh yeah, the other way, yeah, the other way, yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah, it was a mess. So, yeah, I don't think, uh, I I think it's more likely the cat that LeBron went to another team in the East than he left. But I agree with you. I mean, he said as long as Dan Gilbert commits to spending to field the championship team uh i'm here and if he leaves then he's a liar and i don't think he wants to go through with that again because like you said that letter was pretty pretty ironclad now but it certainly keeps his name in the papers to not make any comment about it and say he's going to make his decision at the end of the year so one of the, well, things, the, way, the only way the only way you can keep any pressure on dan gilbert to continue to spend the money that he spends is by by leaving it leaving an open door for as long as he can yeah. to say well anything's possible so spend the money but yep. literally next summer will be the last chance he has to do that because if he wants the the super max that he he and Chris Paul and all these other guys went to bat for in the last negotiation if he wants that mm-hmm. 225 million or 250 or whatever it's going to be then that'll be that because he'll yeah, sign we that, just that watched, we, deal. we literally just watched Chris Paul pull that off, though. I mean, that's what Chris Paul just did. He got his money and he got his team. So that's not even it didn't even work in the way that the teams thought it would work. The Supermax. Yeah, well, I will say the other thing uh, that if I was a rank and file player right now in the NBA, I would be beyond pissed at the union leadership. And the fact that the guys that are getting the massive contracts are the same guys that are running the union right now. And the fact that they didn't take the smoothing has actually screwed a lot of the rank and file players, especially the older players. Your contracts were coming up 
over the last two years and weren't going to get nearly as big of a bump uh, go, going into yeah, these two free agent years. And then next year, no team is the cap to have goes money. down next year. Well, no, well, the cap goes down next year. Yeah, it's Not... going to be le- it's going to be. Didn't you read that? It was some article the other day. It was I think the no, cap's the... actually going to be less. No, the cap went well, down. It's all projected now anyway. There's no the way cap went down go. this year, eg. The cap was four million. No, but less. I think it's, I think if they're projecting it, it'll probably go down again next year. Oh wow! So yeah, there'll be even less money. And part of the problem with that is the lack of parity is destroying TV revenues in the playoffs. So if I'm a rank and file player and I want to make more money, and if I'm an agent, I want the talent dispersed as evenly as possible to you know parity. Parity ups TV ratings. Teams don't want to watch their teams in the playoffs. All the more reason. All the more reason. Well, you just have more games reason, too. <laughs> right. Exactly. All the more reason I could see. I could see uh, Adam Silver entertaining this idea of them. Um, they'll keep the conferences, but when it comes to playoff seating, they'll just do a one one through sixteen, and we'll regardless stop. of conference. The problem with I, that, do, I honestly cannot imagine that ever happening. The problem with that why? is why we just talked about well, we just talked we just got done talking about I'm why about, it should I'm happen. about to tell you why eg. The problem right. is is you need 20 teams to vote that way. Are you going to peel off five teams from the east to make that vote so that they can pretty much guarantee that their sh- conference is not going to get an equal shot at the finals? Um, every year or at the playoffs every year, I I just don't see that happening. Yeah, there's also East know. Coast um, media issues with, with a lot of the bigger markets in the East Coast that have crappy teams right now. They still need their their teams and their people to actually care about their team. Yeah, and exactly. It's pure ratings wise, you need people, you need teams in the East to actually have a chance in the same way. So yeah, there's just too many financial issues and and just his historical financial fears that may be warranted or aren't otherwise that would preclude that from happening. But at least they've gotten the division stuff out of, out of the way Yeah. in terms of division and all that stupid home court stuff. So I wanted to touch on one thing that we kind of skipped over earlier. And that was the fact that, so one of the rumored deals for Kyrie Irving was, and this is why it all makes sense that he may be going to Phoenix, was that the deal was Eric Bledsoe and the fourth pick for Kyrie, which they would then flip to um, Indiana for Paul George. So if that deal was already in place and that was one of the deals that Indiana walked away from, then it makes perfect sense that that deal is still on the table. Now the other side of that being maybe Indiana didn't think Josh Jackson, or Phoenix didn't think Josh Jackson was going to be there. And they thought Tatum was going to be there, and they liked Tatum. They liked Jackson better, but I, I'm not. And Jackson did just have a really good summer league. Um, I'm not, but I think that deal's gonna gonna happen. It, it, I'd put money on it now. To to kind of wrap this well, all up, okay. and go full circle. So how about how about this? Just as an addendum to this, since let's ask the question. Let's say it happens, right? Let's say let's say it's. Let's do the, the the perfect version that you want, Nate. Let's say it's it's uh, it's Kyrie and Shump for uh, for Bledsoe, Jackson, uh, Dudley, and a protected pick, it, right? And and Phoenix. That's, that's it, the yeah. And Phoenix gets and Kate what? Felder. 
Yes, we'll Jeffrey, give him please, please. please. Uh, and, and, and anyway, you. let's let's not. I'm not even going to deign to talk about Kay Felder in this conversation. <laughs> let's just say that's the that's the perfect deal, right? Like that's the that's the that's the the gold standard deal that we're all talking about. Let's say that deal happens. Are the Cavs better? Me regular oh. season, no question. I I think they're better in the regular season and the postseason. I mean, if they get those three guys, absolutely. I mean, uh, have the Cavs prospects for the remainder of Le- of you know if LeBron stays and the remainder of of his you know until he retires does that does it seem more promising more like a like a like a like a better option than just f- mending fences with Kyrie and hanging on to him uh, it's an I I don't think that is going to happen I just Kyrie does not seem. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. No, no, okay. no, no. Not, not, As a better I mean, option, taking emotion out. Take, take emotion out of it. Just a better option. A better period. option for next year or for long. If you could have either, if you could have either or, let's say there was no Kyrie saying he wanted out or whatever. If you could either or, you could either oh. have that. You know, Bledsoe, Jackson, a, a, a number, a, a future number one from a, a, a non-playoff team in the in the West. So you know it's going to be decent. And uh, you know, and Dudley, and you ship out Kyrie and Shump because Kyrie doesn't really play defense, and Shump is abjectly terrible, and, I, and and not on a great deal. I think the prospects for next year are better. Long term, I'm not sure that's necessarily true because you know Kyrie's got at least five years of elite level growth ahead of him, but. For next year, absolutely, I think they're better because it makes their bench better. It gets Shump off the team, replace him with Dudley, who is a guy you can actually stick on Durant um, in the finals and a guy who can actually give you plus minutes out there and isn't going to make dumb dribbling decisions. Um, okay. I, yeah, that's, okay, that's serious. Ben. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you put in Dudley for Shump in the finals that we just had, and that's... You it's know, going. It's going about, to six games at least. It's going. It's going seven. It's going seven. It's who knows after that? But I mean, Shump just absolutely killed the team. It's not. Uh, I can't. I can't talk about it again right now. So, the okay. Yeah. If for that, for that, actually, as you were going through it, like the 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 more just like the piece by piece, the more excited I got about it because getting rid of Shump is such a huge thing, and right. Kyrie. The, the trickle-down effect of having a much stronger regular season, I think, has been so, you know, the, the, the poo-pooing of the regular season has gotten so extreme that we forget what home court does and what general, like, relaxing games during the regular season when you're actually blowing teams out, what it does for your legs, too. And I think LeBron needs to have a, a mid-60s type uh, season for for the, some of the freshness and some of the invincibility factor to, to make the other team a little bit scared. And it, it really does hinge on Bledsoe's health and how good Josh Jackson becomes. I mean, and so obviously you can't really, you can't project that. Bledsoe has been injury prone, even in, with the Suns, which, you know, every, has that famous uh, training staff. So I'm not sure. I'm not really uh, delusional enough to think that he's not going to have a high risk of injury when it comes to the Cavs, but he's a really, really great player when he plays. I mean, that, that, yep. he's, he's a fantastic player. On both sides uh, of the ball. 
Yeah, so, no, he's, so, he's a great player. And Jack Jackson, I don't know. But I like the trade for compared to the other stuff. So I would say this, and I'm I've been a I've been a big Kyrie supporter. I've enjoyed Kyrie. I've liked his game, even when you know I I, I know people complained about his defense. And honestly, I think I would take that trade for this year. I take that trade for the future. I think it more than any moving any other piece makes the Cavs allows the Cavs to extend LeBron's window that much further because the I just I think the Cavs are I I disagree about Kyrie having having the ability to grow defensively. I don't think he's going to. I think he is what he is. I think he is a wizard with the ball. He's pretty amazing. And somebody said, you know, in some ways he's a bit of a one trick pony, but man, what a trick. Right. So he's Kyrie's great, but if you really want to win, you're going to have to play some defense in the finals. And if you can't play, if you can't defend that team, which now, which, which added a, an MVP to an, a 73 win team the year before and only got better this off season, with retaining the guys that they had that made a difference and then plugging some additional holes and making some pretty good draft picks as well. I mean, that Jordan Bell guy is going to be uh, a terror for them, I think on defensively as he starts to yeah. mature. But, um, but yeah, I, I gotta say, I would do that deal. I would do that deal in, in a heartbeat and maybe, and maybe not even if like Kyrie was like asking to be, to be traded. I, I actually think, I think Josh Jackson will be good enough, and and if he's not, I think he'd be an an extremely movable piece along with that pretty valuable Phoenix first rounder in the future if they wanted to add another star. I actually think Josh Jackson probably has the highest floor of any of those top five picks. I mean, he just has an absolute NBA body. At the very least, he is James Jones. Not James Jones, uh, James Johnson. I mean, he just has an absolute NBA body, super motor, uh, has some uh, ball handling skills, uh, some decent passing skills. Um, he's just got to learn how some, to shoot. Some people, say he, some people say he could be as good as Justice Winslow. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Hey, man, I, I was just I was sharing the news <laughs> of what people were saying. Just the... Um, the, uh, the nice. thing that, that, was, that, was, that was a cheap shot because it's so late there. <laughs> I know, right? The, the thing, the thing that excites me about about that trade, though, is it totally changes the mentality of the team. So, I think without Shumps totally undermining the defense, the Cavs actually did have a chance of outscoring the Warriors in, in the in those games. But it's still not the greatest plan. They could have done it, but it wasn't the greatest plan. And so, if you go with so and Josh. Jackson and even Dudley, these guys who have such a different kind of mentality and focus on defense. LeBron, maybe the team goes back toward a, a defensive mindset that like would just exists occasionally, and the regular season is is much better. But also, they, they can just have a toughness on the defensive end that they didn't bring with any kind of regularity in the playoffs but I, again i still think they could have outscored the warriors if shump wasn't just 
totally the worst player on the floor every time he stepped on. Yeah, and and I'll yeah, say the, I would agree with that. My only caveat, uh, you know, I would not mind keeping Kyrie. I do think long term it it may still be better. But the problem is the Cavs' other three free agent moves this offseason, to me, don't make them any better. And in some ways, I mean, I look at what they've done versus what the yeah, Warriors have done. Yeah, but those were, those were Dan Gilbert moves, and those those can be undone by LeBron at the at the trade deadline. <laughs> okay, I'll give you G- that. Just wait till GM LeBron gets in there and, and undoes it at the, at the trade deadline. Yeah, I'll give you that. So... So it should be interesting to see what happens, at the very least. Um, so this uh, podcast is starting to get a little uh, long in the tooth. Um, anything that you want to pitch? Anything you're working on? Any uh, plays you want anybody to come see, Ben? Uh, mm, nope. Just want to go sleep. You just want to go sleep. Okay. Um, what about you, E.G.? It's, it's been real, guys. Okay, are you gonna drop Ben? Um, yeah, I'm gonna because you guys, you know, you guys can talk and have. We'll, we'll probably have, talk uh, Game of Thrones for the next twenty minutes or something. So ah, I do ask me some Thrones, but yeah, uh, just in case you go like Tom style, uh, rocket pocket docket, whatever that game yeah, thing. That, you're like uh, you're snoring. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm out. So <laughs> go Cavs and uh, good night, fellas. Good night, Ben. Good talking to you, Ben. Um, what do I got? Uh, did you see Dunkirk yet? Yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> Were you really tired, or you just thought it was pretty dull? No, I I thought it was so dull. I couldn't stand it. I love Chris Nolan movies. I couldn't. I I just yeah, man. It wasn't for me. Okay. It really wasn't for me. I, I, mean, I haven't I, seen I just, it yet. I was supposed to go tonight, and my wife made steak, so. Uh, we we stayed. Oh, nice. We stayed home and watched Mark Wahlberg and um, Will Ferrell in Daddy's Home. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I went and saw Atomic Blonde. Oh, how um, was that? My wife really wanted was to see that. Good. Was the it stairwell was scene everything I've heard? Oh yeah. Oh, it, it, it's funny. They there's a review that said uh, more fight than bite, and that's true. Like the fight scenes are great. She does a great job. She's super sexy as always. But the story, it's funny. It's, it, it's got a, a little bit of a of an independent movie pace to it. I mean, the movie's like the movie's a little over, like just under two hours long, and it, it you know for an action movie like that, it shouldn't be. And so that was. If it has a detraction, it's that. But you know, it's set in '89, so all the all that great music from '89 is in there, and yeah, so that's a lot of fun, you know. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was a good time at the movies. Um, I'm interested to see what Dark Tower does this this coming weekend. Yeah, that'll be um, interesting. Um, I'm I'm not sure what to make of it. Uh, Idris Elba is fantastic, and. Certainly can carry that movie and Matthew McConaughey um, uh, when he's not in a uh, Lincoln commercial it can be pretty entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so it it still looks well like, even when he even when he is in Lincoln yeah. commercials he's pretty entertaining. <laughs> it still looks like the Just guy from the Lincoln commercial as the devil, but <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I would say um, I mean, look, it's a year of like Stephen King adaptations, right? Uh, yeah. The 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 one that looks really good is it which comes out in September. Yeah. So we'll see, uh, 
kid from uh, Stranger Things is in that, and a few other few other notables. So that should be a really uh, looks looks pretty scary from the trailer. But um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what Dark Tower does. And overall, it's been kind of a it's a better fairly summer. mediocre. It's better summer. summer than last summer, I'd say. It's seems- yeah, although. Sorry, a lot ahead. of, I mean, I, there's been a, a handful of really good movies. Like, I, I really liked Wonder Woman. I really liked Baby Driver. Um, yeah, Baby Driver know. was fantastic. I actually really enjoyed Spider Man, but uh, um, yeah, there's been a lot of like, I wasn't crazy about the Apes, the Third Apes I movie. I really, I was not impressed with the Third Apes movie. I thought the first two were much better. And the funny thing is, is yeah. it's getting much better reviews. But I just felt like it was a step backwards. Like at the end of the second movie, they're all in the city and they're kind of inhabiting the city. And then the beginning of the third movie, yeah. they're, they're back in the woods again. Back in the woods again. I was like, yeah. what, what's going on? This is just seems like a step backwards. And then I think, uh, and I think a lot of the reviewers are like rewarding it as a, as a, a whole, you know, a, a trilogy rather than mm-hmm. just as a singular movie. But yeah, and for me, it gets hard to, without the human interaction as often as it happened in the first two movies, it got really hard to take Talking Apes seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, well, I dragged... And they kind of overuse... Yeah. I took my Sorry. wife to it, and she does not suspend disbelief easily, and she was groaning the whole movie. She's just like, oh, give me a break, you know? <laughs> You know, CGI. Yeah, they overused the line, uh, the apes together strong line ah. got overused a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then it had a little bit of a bridge. It was kind of a bridge over the River Kwai and um, Apocalypse Now. Art of Darkness. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Apocalypse they even now, made yeah. the, the reference in the movie because in the graffiti under the base, it said Apocalypse Now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean that, de- and you know Woody Harrelson's character definitely had a Colonel Kurtz feel to it. I mean, oh, me, sure. me and my buddy were, you're a errand boy sent to create check. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can't yeah. even do the line. I'm laughing too hard, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was well, and the and, the, and the monkey with the big eyes is just a yeah. just a spitting, you know, Im- imitation of Dennis Hopper. You can't <laughs> land on the fractions, man. <laughs> Exactly. No, can't go in there, man. You exactly. can't go in there, man. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, it was a little little predictable. I, I haven't seen Spider-Man or Wonder Woman yet. Want to see him? I thought Baby Driver was the Oh, best. you should take your, you should take your girls oh, no, to see I, Wonder Woman. It's really cool. Oh, they've seen it. My daughter came back oh, okay. and was like, pew, pew, and we're doing the Wonder Woman music for like two days straight. So, no, I just haven't gotten the chance to see it myself. Um, uh, But, yeah, they absolutely loved it. And Baby Driver, I thought, was just fantastic. I thought that was the best Kevin Spacey's been in a movie in 10 years, too. I I mean, yeah. I haven't... I Truthfully, I don't watch his Netflix show, House of Cards, but he was just great. Oh, yeah. And every... Yeah, he's great. I thought every single uh, member of that cast was fantastic. Uh, it was really yeah. a lot and of And Edgar Wright did a great job. I mean, just he scored the whole thing, basically. It was perfectly you know, so paced, was... not too long, not too short. I, I did feel like it dragged just a little at the end in the parking garage, but other than that, thought it was really good. Um, really, Yeah, I agree. Really I've seen movie. it a couple of times. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Um, 
I have not, but I want to take my wife back to see it. And then the other, I actually watched for the second time, I watched Stranger Things again. And that show is so damn good. Like, it's even better the second time because yeah. you appreciate, like, how much they got right in that show. And I'm really looking forward to the second season. So. Yeah. Well, it comes out, uh, I think, October 24th, 25th, something like that, or 27th, yep. maybe. Somewhere in that week comes it, it premieres. So a lot of good shows starting back up again in October. Mr. Robot comes back in October. Um, and I, then, I, I, obviously, I Stranger Things. Two. I didn't so. get to watch season two yet. It was good. It wasn't as good as the first season because um, they try. I think they were trying too hard to recreate. You know, it's it's a little matrixy once you're at once you pull the rug back. Like, you know, you're like, oh, okay. Well, we know that he's not always going to be re- reliable narrator, but um, but season two is good in its own way. I'm I'm excited to see where they take it in season three. Although, usually when I'm excited about something, it's just when it goes off the rails. <laughs> kind of like kind of like Twin Peaks. Yeah. So, are, are which you, I'm still slogging. I'm still slogging through because I'm totally like I, out on it. I'm, or? I'm pot. I'm, no, I'm 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 pot committed now, or I have to watch <laughs> the rest of it. But I'm but I'm not gonna. I'm not enjoying it. Like it's literally like painful for me to sit for an hour and watch it. But um, but I've been watching that Jim Carrey uh, produced uh, stand-up comedian show that follows it. The I'm dying up here, which takes a little bit of the edge off afterwards. Okay. So I'll have to check that out. Uh, well, I don't have Showtime. But yeah, I'll have to check it out at some point okay. in the future. Um, and are yeah. you? Thrones? I'm sure they'll make they'll both make their way to to the digital platforms soon enough. So, are you a Thrones fan at all? I am, but I I'm not caught up. I'm 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 behind. So well, I'm, a, I, I'm an gotta... episode behind too. So, uh, no spoilers right. this week. So yeah, but yeah. we'll have to all have right. a big Fair enough. as every other pop culture media outlet in the world does we'll have to have our own uh game of thrones episode so we can have uh we can have a cavalier game of thrones um um, yeah you know you've got house gilbert house james and house irving are are vying right now so yeah (laughs) maybe that could be our that could be our uh our uh end of end of summer um (laughs) and <laughs> a summer series or whatever, you know, like, yeah. like the, maybe that's our Cavalier. County, that, like the yeah. villains or the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, all right. It's, it's time to call it a night. And, uh, thank you very much EG for, uh, for a great podcast. And, uh, as always go Cavs. Yeah, you too. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire.